absolutely delighted to tell you today about who our next is going to be a, a person, a player, a man who I think has always represented uh, being a gentleman, uh, which represents in many ways the best of being a professional golfer. But it's beyond that. It's it's a human being. It's also about the path that he has tread to get to where he is, the top tier, the most grand stage for the game any place in the world. Our guest is Kevin Streelman. He was born just outside of Chicago. He grew up playing a variety of different sports. Of course, tennis and basketball and baseball were the things that he pretty much occupied his time with back in the day, but got a glimpse of the game of golf starting out as many of us did as a caddy. He had one of the most famous golf courses in the world, especially the United States, I'd say at the Chicago golf club at that. But he decided in his high school years early on that golf was going to be his chariot, that that would be where he would focus his efforts. He played well as a young player in some junior events. He played well when he went to Duke uh, for college and finished as the captain of the team there, winning there as well, a, a sociology degree when it was all said and done. But then from there, he had to dig in and had to dig his way through grit to the top tier that he now enjoys, where he is a multiple-time winner on the PGA Tour. Pleasure to welcome Kevin Streelman to the program. Kevin, how are you holding up through all this? Matt, Matt, good to talk to you, buddy. Yes, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. P- pleasure. How old is your youngest child now? You have two. Uh, Rhett is just turned four. We had, a, we had a mobile birthday party two days ago for him and drove around. Uh, we had had a big plan uh, top golf party for him, but obviously with our uh, – current situation that got canceled but we got to go to all his friends uh houses from school and a lot of them did like uh chalk paint in the, their driveways saying happy birthday red we drove around and cool played songs and it was it was pretty special so we're doing what we can and they're they're doing great so that's awesome that you guys organized that kind of the new reality i suppose for us in in some way what what are you doing with your time right now or is it dedicated to the kids are you able to get any kind of work in for when this thing ends or what's your mindset yeah i mean it's it is priority family time right now um it's it's rare that we get to be home this this long at this time of the year i live, I live out in Arizona. the weather's beautiful right now so we're, right now i'm sitting in the backyard and watching red uh, hit tennis balls around and we got a little fake grass putting green back here so he'll sit there and just whack putts for hours at a time <laughs> smoking a lot of meat on the train grill here and uh makes mama happy i could cook up cooking a little bit and it's kind of uh, getting by silverleaf has been open and whisper off still open here in phoenix um members only and you kind of you know you, most guys either take their own carts or you're, you're walking and it's just uh you know, as we all know, it's just a strange, strange time, and um, I don't really know how hard to get my game ready, just because not exactly sure when we'll get back at it, but uh, really hoping it can be at Columbia. But uh, obviously a priority is, is getting people healthy and, and safe and uh, our economy back running, so we will see. Yeah, absolutely. You are a member of the PGA Tour Advisory Council as well, is even yep. is that quiet right now at this point because there's really nothing to report? We just have to wait and see how it yeah. develops. Yeah, we do. We do have a phone call tomorrow. Uh, the twelve of us with Jay and a few of the executives. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know if there's any updates. Uh, we had a call last week, and it was you know it was pretty much what uh, 
what we talked about and what Jay released in his uh, video uh, post kind of post meeting uh, video there, and just saying we're we're going to take off until Colonial, um, do our best to reschedule the majors, and uh, you know we're just we're going to take it slowly and do it when it's the right time. So fair enough. Um, you know, we'll hopefully have some more information tomorrow, but I I don't have anything more than that as of today. Yeah, they, let's let's jump ahead from all of this madness for for a moment. Let's go months ahead. Let's go over a year ahead, and you have a whole new media contract coming out. Uh, the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, from the standpoint of what this means for the consumption of the sport, from the standpoint of what this means for members of the PGA Tour and those that benefit from what the PGA Tour does, which I won't deny that we're one of the parties that do. Uh, this is really huge news. Uh, you guys, Jay Monahan, his team, you accomplished a huge thing in what happened with the new rights deal for the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredible work. Uh, tireless work. I know Jay and his team, uh, it took it really took years, to be honest. And um, I feel you know, we partnered with the right groups, people who believe in us and, and uh, who portray our sponsors to a uh, highest degree of integrity. And, and um, it's just a ton of exciting things coming down the, the pipe right now. Uh, so, you know, we just <laughs> got to get through this crazy time and uh, prioritize health and family and loved ones. And uh, golf will come when the time's right. Let's go back to when the time was right for golf to come along for Kevin Streelman. After you had your college run and you decided that you're going to give the professional game a try. Dude, you crisscrossed the country. Word was you <laughs> yeah. blew through three different cars, hundreds of thousands of miles. It's the part of when you guys get to the top tier, people see the trappings of, of celebrity and money and all the rest that goes into it. And I, I don't think that everybody always sees the struggle, the, the, the long drives, the, you know, keeping the roll of toilet paper in the car, all those things that everybody who tried to do it did to get through. Could you tell us about what that journey was like in those early days? Uh, I mean, you pretty much nailed uh, most of <laughs> most of it right there. It was it was uh, surreal looking back. Just what what went on, caddying at Whisper Rock, where I'm now a member, um, working at Kierland Golf Club at the Winners. Uh, I'd work 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. Have a quick lunch and then I would play golf there till dark. Made six dollars and fifteen cents an hour. Um, just did it for free golf to try and get better and to try and save up for Q school and meeting people along the way. I mean, the best part of it all is meeting the people along the way. It still is. The relationships we have, I mean, let's be honest, at the end of all this is all that matters anyway. But um, my friends, people's couches I stayed on, their spare rooms they let me stay in, barbecue in the back, <laughs> having beers with them. Like, those those are the memories I, I cherish and treasure. And, like, when I had success on the PGA Tour, those were some of the most special people to share with. But um, it, was, it was a long journey. It was... Uh, there are a lot of people who didn't think I could do it. And that just kind of drove me that much harder to make it. And uh, now this 13th season out here and still hanging around. So <laughs> do it as long as I can. So. When, when you mentioned that there were a lot of people that didn't think you could do it, did you always think that you could do it? Um, I never thought I couldn't do it. 
I, you know, one thing my dad told me, I'll never forget. He just, he just said, keep, keep going as long as you feel like you're getting better. Like keep, keep, keep improving and, and stay the course as long as you feel like your game's going that direction. And there are a few moments along the way that were just critical to my development and my growth in the professional game. Um, one was my first uh, event I ever qualified for in the Western Open in Chicago, uh, which is where I grew up, and it just was like wow. a huge deal. Ty- Tiger in 04, I mean, he'd won that event every year, it seemed like, at Cog Hill, and I was I didn't sleep at all that Monday night after I Monday qualified and showed up Tuesday, and Mike Weir was sitting there. He had just won the Masters, and I'm just petrified. You know, I'm a 24-year-old, don't belong out there at all, but I was just like, man, Mr. Weir, my name's Kevin. I just monday would you mind if I played a practice round with you? And he was awesome. And actually, Butchie was his caddy, who's now with uh, Gary Woodland. And to this day, I still like thank him how great they were to me and my friend who caddied for me at that time. And um, I, I walked around with Mike, and I said, "Man, this guy is really, really good." I mean, obviously, he drove it straight, he wedged it incredible, putted great. But I said, you know, deep down, I think I could hang with this guy. I really did. And so that was a big moment for me to say, you know, I, I think I shot two seventy sevens and missed the cut by ten. But I said, okay, if I I think I can do this. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to really go after it. Let's see what we can do. And there are just little moments like that that happened along the way that kind of inspired me to keep going and felt like I, I was good enough to continue to stay at it. And to be honest, that still motivates me and drives me to this day. It's just daily improvement, getting better at these little aspects I need to work on. And just, it's funny, you know, now I'm 41 and been a pro almost 20 years, but I still just find little things that I can work on and get better at and I mean, it just, to me, those moments like Pebble Beach a few weeks ago, you know, when Larry and I were leading that and making a move on Phil and, and Nick and coming down the stretch and hitting shots when you need to and making putts when you need to, like that is what just drives me. It's, it's more than the money. It's more than the trophies. It's like being in that moment, being in that heat and seeing what you got. Because sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. But I love having the opportunity to to give it a run. So. Are you still motivated in any way, Kevin Streelman, by the thought that there may be those out there that are doubters? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. I, I truly feel um, I'm proud of what I've accomplished and and content professionally as far as if I were to never be able to play another round of professional golf. But the, the motivations do change. Like now, it's um, this four-year-old who's in my backyard chipping in front of me right now. And I want, I want him to see me win a golf tournament. Um, Sophia was at the travelers when I finished there in 2014, even though she was only a baby. Um, but I want to have another one with him there with me. So I do have different, uh, motivations. And, um, but deep down it's, it's just wanting to be the best me that I can be. That really, that really fires me up to be honest. Daily, daily when- growth, daily improvement. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, last time I saw you for any length of time was at the Honda. Then we bumped into each other with uh, Tim yeah. Clark and Wilson at Bay Hill. But uh, I, I had told you that it, you, you looked to me, you had told me through a text message when I was on Golf Channel one night that you're getting yourself in super shape. At 41 years old, you don't look 41. Your body looks That's a heck great. of a lot younger than – how old do you feel? Uh. I really feel as, as strong as I've ever been and in the best shape I've ever been. I really do. Um, I, I have a gym at my house. I go to Premier Fitness here in Scottsdale who are just unbelievable trainers there. 
it's nothing. It's not rocket science. We're not pushing a bunch of weight. Um, we're just trying to open up hips and back, and just try and free up, you know, the middle of your body as much as possible in order to prevent injury. And I mean, the biggest knock on what I can do is I haven't had a serious injury in almost 20 years of professional golf and almost 30 years of competitive golf. And um, it's just kind of being smart, you know, just trying to be moderate on everything, and uh, and really trying to open up my hips. <laughs> I think it's a big part of it. As we get older, our hips lock up. It pulls on our back. It pulls on our shoulders. Like the core of our body is where everything, our power comes from. And uh, you got to keep that strong, and you got to keep that flexible, and, and you got to work at it as you get a little older. The the observation that I would make as well, Kevin Streelman, and I mean this respectfully but you seem really comfortable in your own skin now. Have you always felt that way? Is my perception correct? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel blessed. I feel, uh, um, I've really loved this journey. I really love this. I've been able to see the world time over, um, playing a game I love and, it just comes up on you quick. I know all our lives do, you know, just your age and your <laughs> experiences. But it really just comes down to you got to enjoy the journey. I mean, you got to love the journey. It's really day by day. It's all we can control, and it's all I've ever tried to control is to try and get better tomorrow than I was today, whether that's a, being a father or a son or a follower or a uh, golfer or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, it's all we can do. And it seems even more relevant in these times like today where there's so much fear about potential future and uh, – you know, a lot of sorrow for past mistakes. We can't control either of those things. All we can do is kind of win the day and get better at it. And, uh, gosh, I mean, if there's any, it's just like a dichotomy of life is this game of golf we all love so much, and, uh, hole by hole and day by day is all we can control. So let's do it. Is, is that one of the reasons why you love the game of golf? Because it is such a reflection of the game of life? Yeah, it really is. I, the first thing I fell in love with the game of golf was the fact that each golf course was different and each day outside was different. There were new challenges. There were new people to play with. I mean, honestly, as of late, the most uh, enjoyable thing for me has been the relationships you make, the, the pro-am groups you play with. These these young guys out on tour, I've, I've loved kind of mentoring to them, uh, going out to dinner with these young guys and kind of being a big brother, talking whether it's like financial stuff or whether it's like, you know, what restaurants to go to or, or the shortcut to get into Augusta National that, um, you know, nobody knows about. So it's like stuff like that. That's kind of been just experiences that are fun to share with others and to, uh, you know, kind of give back. The only thing, the only thing that keeps echoing in my mind is the shortcut into a national. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that all about? All right. So let me go back in time a little bit. This, you talked about this years ago, but, Buick Invitational, San Diego, young kid, and you end up getting in a group with Stuart Sink and Tiger Woods. Do you remember what I'm talking about, and can you relate what it was like for you? It was it was truly the greatest professional um, experience I could have ever asked for. It was my it was my third to remember. I'd, oh my I'd gotten into Sony. Um, I'll never forget coming down the ninth hole was my 36th hole. And I had to make a par. It's that little par five. I had to make a par to make the cut. And then I knew last place would be about eleven thousand bucks. That would that would be like winning a mini tour event. That's just a huge, huge deal. I was so nervous. 
I remember shaking it apart and making the cut. Um, we drive over, we fly over to Palm Springs, and I was an alternate there, and I end up getting in there, kind of last minute, missed the cut there, which is a bummer. Um, I go over to the Buick, and once again, I'm an alternate to get in that spot too. So I'm waiting around. It's not looking good. And all of a sudden, um, I'm first alternate come Thursday morning, and I get a tap on my shoulder from Slugger, and he says, dude, you're on the tee in about eight minutes. So me and oh. Mikey, my old caddy, we, we run out to the uh, tenth hole of the South Course, which is forever out there. Um, we tee off. I shoot 69 on the South, and I shoot a 67 on the North. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just, just, it's just crazy. It was crazy. It happened so fast. <laughs> and I was watching the coverage later, and we just see Tiger's name slowly come up, slowly come up, and. Um, it, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, we get paired together. Final group, Saturday, Buick Open, my third a tour member. And, I mean, Courtney and I didn't sleep awake that night. We were both just so nervous, excited, and petrified, and just <laughs> absolutely everything. And so uh, we wake up. I'll never forget coming off the putting green on the south course and going to the first tee, and it's just lined with people, 10, 15 deep. And I look down the first hole, it's just lined with people, 10. I've never seen anything like it. There had to be 25,000 people seen just on that first hole. And, um, I, I, I hit the longest drive of my life. <laughs> I think I hit about 330. Right I was just trying to make But uh, what would ensue would be a 73, uh, watching Tiger shoot a 66. I think he ended up winning by about eight shots. Um, but another one of those moments where I said, you know, this guy is obviously – so far ahead of me professionally, but I can kind of hang. I can kind of hang with him. Seventy-three in that environment, everything seems smaller. To be honest, like everything, um, whether it's a Kodak Challenge, whether it's winning in Tampa, whether it's coming down the stretch of Travelers, everything seems smaller than that day with Tiger. And I could not have asked for a better life experience, let alone professional experience, as a rookie than, than getting that pairing that Saturday morning. What what do you do when you have that pairing, when you're going to be playing with Tiger Woods? Do you try to talk to him? Do you wait for him to initiate conversation? Do you kind of go into the, you know, is is it like is like the stories when people used to play with Ben Hogan and you wouldn't say anything unless he did? Yeah. No, he he was awesome, to be honest. He'd say off the tee. He, he would talk all you want. Like he, he kind of waited for him. He would chat along. How many people are just constantly screaming at him, both good and yeah. bad, you know? And that's just a constant kind of noise that he just has to drown out because it's so constant. Um, but he was he was awesome. He really was awesome. This was before anything had happened. He was playing great golf, and, and um, it was cool to watch. It was actually a hilarious story from that day. I never forget walking to the 12th tee, and I was like, I was a huge, I still kind of am, but I was a big Scotty Cameron nerd. And I was like, I got I got to see this. I got to see this putter, right? I got to see. I got to see the putter. And so we're walking to the 12th tee, and he had it in his hand. We're just chatting. I was like, Hey, man, I look at that thing. He's like, yeah. He just kind of flips it over to me, and I looked down at his Newport two, and it was amazing, like how beat up it was, how dinged it was. Like it didn't even look. The face didn't even look square to me. Like it was so choppy from digging balls out and all this stuff. And so me. I'd, I'd sent some putters into Scotty Cameron. You know, they can like refinish them and make them look just brand new and unbelievable. And me being just an idiot rookie, I go, you know, Tiger, that actually, if you send it back, they'll like, they'll refinish it and do all this, make it look kind of brand new and stuff. And he looks at me and goes, I think I'm doing all right the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I look at him like, yeah, you are. I'm an idiot. You're away. It. <laughs> 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 it was so funny. Classic. Uh-oh, is the kid okay? Sorry. Yeah, he got hit with a tennis ball. Oh, <laughs> that is an <laughs> occupational hazard. <laughs> Poor little Rhett. Uh, just turned four years know. old, got hit with a tennis ball. And this was a tennis ball he was throwing or hitting? We got those that swing ball game, you know, it kind of oh the yeah, tether, kind of tether ball, but you do it with the tennis racket. So we've been hitting that back and forth as we're chatting. It's probably <laughs> it's probably good. <laughs> it's probably good training because the universe sometimes yeah, exactly. hits back. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's how that goes. Now yeah, yeah. you had mentioned something that I want to follow up with you on when you won the the, the Kodak Challenge. If I remember correctly, it was 10, 11 years ago. And it was a million-dollar winner-take-all. Am I correct in that information? Correct. Yeah. And you win it. How? I guess the, the broad question, the broad, you know, cast a wide net. How did you do it? And and was did you feel stressed with what you were doing? And how did all that go down? There's so many funny stories. Around. Um, first of all, Michael Collins was kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did that besides besides, uh, besides that? But we all had so much fun <laughs> down the stretch. But the funny stories of, of the run was you had, to, you had to play all the holes coming down the stretch. So I'd had a good summer and I had my pool locked up, and um, I kind of had to re, re-, re- the schedule at the end of the year because I like, was number fifteen, the par five there. So I was like kind of one shot lead. But if I take off a par five, you know someone's going to make birdie or eagle there and catch up to me. So I had to play Wyndham, and I parted the first three days, and I'm coming down the stretch and. The final day, I'm like, I finally hit the green in two, and I've got about 25 feet for eagle. I'm like, all right, let's finally just make our birdie and get out of here. And I and I go and I leave it like six feet short. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself as I hit this, I'm like, I three putt this last hole and I make par in this Kodak Challenge. So I came here this whole week just to make a birdie here and not do it. I was going to be so mad. Somehow got that ball in the hole and made a birdie. And then a few weeks later, Greyhawk was uh, where the fries was. It's where I live. And the par three. Um, old 16th hole was our was our Kodak challenge hole that week and so there's a tough par three to be honest so a, a two there would have gone a long way and I'll never forget they had a front pin and it was early Thursday morning I was one of the first groups and I I knock it like 25 feet and I bury this to 30 on Thursday morning when there's, there's nobody out there watching except basically Courtney and I make it and I'm fist pumping like I just won a major championship I'm like running around just like yeah baby and my playing partners looked at me like I had foreheads like why are you celebrating on Thursday morning on this one hole and it just was a good laugh after the fact I was like well it's this Kodak challenge like oh yeah yeah you're leading that I was like yeah this birdie just went a long way for me it pretty much won me the the tournament there so um, (laughs) it was it was uh it was pretty cool yeah it was a really really cool deal um (laughs) <laughs> now, Kevin Strillman, if if my sources are correct, you, you, t- you tell me what you do or do not want to reveal in this thing. But you gave that money away. You 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 spent it on the parents and their homes. Am I correct on that? Is that what you did? Uh, you know, I, we we were we felt really blessed, and we felt like that was uh, you know a gift, and so we we did share it with the uh, family members and helped uh, to pay off our home and to do some family vacations and to relieve some credit card stress of family members and just just kind of felt really called to to help others with it 
so we did, and um, I'd say we've been, you know, ten years later, it's it's been uh, been incredible. So. Do, do you think back on those times when you were crisscrossing the country and those jalopies that broke down one after another in hundreds of thousands <laughs> of miles in tow? In terms of like the quiet hours when when you had nothing but you and your thoughts. Yeah, all the time. I really do. Uh, I'm just really thankful for those times. It really made me appreciate what I've had and where I've played and the courses I've played and the tournaments I've played in the last uh, 13 years that much more um, special. And I'll never never forget them. Uh, the Dakotas Tour, we had a blast at. Um, we're gonna do a we'll do a video summary of it one day, but the, the four of our best four of us best friends all played that together. We all made an oath. This is we we're all 22 years old. I go if any, if any of us ever make it on tour, we're gonna to come back here when we're 49, the summer before we turn 50, and we're gonna do this Dakota's tour again. The the, the four of us, and so uh, we uh, we have that in the in the plans about eight years down the road. But um, oh, classic is that? Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. You along the way have aligned yourself with various sponsors and, and uh, because of, of how close I am to, to uh, Wilson Golf and to Tim Clark, who's a dear, dear friend of mine, I know what he says about you. It's rare for me to know the sponsors so well <laughs> that I know what they think about the people that, that, uh, they, that are ambassadors for the product. And he's associated with you not only because you're a multiple-time winner and you're capable of winning at any time, but because of the person that you are. What criteria does Kevin Streelman use in terms of deciding who he's going to align himself with then? Well, it's been one of my uh, things. It's been the way my business has, has turned out and um, the people that I have aligned myself with. And, and you, you know that right on the – Right on the head there with Wilson. I mean, being a Chicago kid with a company that's been there over 100 years, um, the company that exhibits the values that the Midwestern values I was raised on, um, the type of people I associate myself with and I'm proud to represent, they listen to us as ambassadors. They, I mean, we've helped design the golf clubs of there, wedges, Padre wedges. Um, constantly listening to us and and honestly having a ton of fun we we have uh we really there are people that i enjoy going to dinner with i don't feel like i have to go to dinner with them i actually look forward to going to dinner with them and yeah that's uh, kind of a, a unique situation in in our sport and, and in business and i just i feel really fortunate to be able to do that so as a chicago kid uh just to line myself with chicago companies was, was a very important thing for me and the fact it's worked out and um as much as I love my irons and wedges and hybrids, you know, the, the, the amount of stuff we're doing is is world-class, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of them, and uh, proud to be an ambassador. That's very cool. Who else are you associated with? Yeah. I've worked Johnny O clothing for five years now, and mm -hmm. John's just the coolest dude in the world. I mean, uh, not only is it stylish and it fits, fits me great, but... Um, you know, that bringing over Chris Knott is just changed the, the caliber of our clothes and the style. And it's just, it's not only functional, but it looks great. And you feel like you can go out to dinner after a round of golf or go to the bar and actually not have a golf costume on. <laughs> that's that's uh, clothes I've worn. It's got to feel dorky going out after. So um, 
that's been that's been great. Unity Fiber, uh, fiber optic company down in the southeast, has been incredible. Oh, there comes my six year old. <laughs> um, All right. I've been I've been a great uh, addition as well, and I've been very proud to uh, align myself with them. And then and then Thrive Hive, who's been an awesome um, uh, leader on the tour and the marketing and digital marketing platform. Um, they're a member of the, uh, a big a big partner in the the tour's uh, growth and development as we're going on our new TV deal. And, and uh, it's been a fun relationship that I've started the past uh, year and a half with them. Cool. Anything with uh, like corporate travel, uh, the jets, and who you with golf balls and things like that? Yeah, I've um, I've always used Titleist, um, Footway, ball glove, and shoe. Yeah, um, it's funny. I actually, play a Pro V from 2013. There's a, there's a number of us who still use this golf ball, and um, we both. Well, the number of us. Sorry, he's about to hit her brother. Um, oh nope. No, no, the, number of, the number of us who still use that that old Pro V1 is 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 kind of it's funny, but it's just a great golf ball. So I've used that for a while. Um, we, you know, we my family they're not able to travel with me quite as much because Sophie started kindergarten. So this past um, year has been a big change for me, um, and we're pretty frugal to be honest. So we don't we don't travel private too often. But when we do, mm-hmm. we use Jetlinks Jetlinks here out of out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and um, we have some friends. Ches Reeve, he lives across the street from us. They use them as well. And Kevin Chappell lives about two streets over, and they use them as well. So we can split it together. And, um, and we're fortunate to have it as a write-off, too. So if we can have our families together, and it saves us a few hours and half times, and uh, we can get home to family quicker, it's a, it's a good investment I'm willing to make. There you go. Yeah, there's a line item uh, that, that kicks in on that one. So before I let you go, I, I did want to circle back around to one other thing you talked about. When you and Larry Fitzgerald once again won the team competition, you're one of only four teams to have won multiple times since 1937 at what's now called the AT&T uh, Pebble Beach uh, National Pro-Am. So what is it about you and Larry that, that you're, you become such, he's an eight handicap, I believe, such a formidable team and you and to your credit, you also finished second in the tournament this this year at Pebble. But what what's going on there? What what is it with that magic? Well, Larry's a stud. Obviously, uh, you know certain athletes step up when it's time to. And uh, I'd say he, I mean, he truly is a nine handicap. I would play him at that all day. He has a putt. If he has a seven footer to win some money off you, he's gonna make it. <laughs> Um, he is the perfect uh, partner to have in the AT&T because he is a true, true handicap. But when the chips are down, he knows he this is his stroke call and I've made a bogey or something. He steps up and gets it done. And so it's not only been a ton of fun. He's the classiest guy I know. And, um, and we just enjoy our time together. But you know, I've been fortunate to play well there as well. And, and uh, it's special weeks we'll never forget. So I, I know the kids are acting up on you. I'm going to let you go here, Kevin Strill. Before I do, I just want to ask you this. With, aside from the uncertainty that lay, lies in the immediate future, are you excited about the, the future of Kevin Strillman and, and that which lies professionally ahead for you? Yeah, I, re- I really am. It's, uh, I, I was excited where my game was and how things were going, and obviously we have things far more important than golf to handle first before we get back out there. But sure, I will uh, – I will be ready to go when the time comes. We have some great tournaments coming up. I love getting in the Midwest. I love getting up to Hartford. Um, I really hope they can have the U.S. ready at Wingfoot. It's just a, such an incredible golf course. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm excited for a few more years. It's it's going to do it as long as I can. And you know, there's a, there's going to be a day I want to be my kid's uh, t-ball coach, and uh, my daughter's ballet driver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not quite there yet. So we're going to keep after it. The path you've made already is an impressive one, my friend. Thank you very much for spending some time with us here on the program and helping everyone get to know you a little bit better. We wish you continued success. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I love what you do, buddy.